What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the AG Sports Podcast. I am your host, Amal Garnett, and this episode we'll be talking about NFL free agency and the NBA trade deadline. It is currently 1257 Saturday morning or Friday night, whatever way you want to say it, but I'm recording this episode really late Friday night. And I'm kind of glad I waited till Friday to record this episode because Friday we had some big news about NFL draft trades. I'm going to get into that later into the episode. But first, I would like to pay homage to Drew Brees, who retired from the NFL after 20 seasons, 15 of those seasons he spent with the Saints, five seasons before that he was with the Chargers. Drew Brees in 20 seasons had 80,358 passing yards, 571 touchdowns, 13 Pro Bowl appearances, two AP Offensive Player of the Year awards. He was the 2006 Walter Payton Man of the Year, had a lifetime completion percentage of 677 and in 2009, he won the Super Bowl, and he also won Super Bowl MVP. So just wanted to take a second to mention Drew Brees and his great career that he had and the mark he left in New Orleans. And he would definitely be missed in New Orleans, and nobody will ever replace, be able to replace Drew Brees. Now moving on to the big topic, NFL free agency. NFL free agency is finally here. It's in full effect. It got here March 15th. And the winner of free agency right now is the Patriots so far. And I spoke about this last episode. I was speaking like, you know, the Patriots signed Cam Newton back. And if they wanted to make a push for the playoffs, they needed to get Cam Newton some weapons. And (laughs) they did more than get Everybody is back. So every player that was on that Super Bowl roster that started last year is back on the roster for this year, which is scary. Basically, they have a chance to go right back to the Super Bowl, even if they start off a little shaky because they didn't start off that good in 2021. In 2022, they start off a little shaky. They're still going to be okay. They can still probably make a Super Bowl run. And I said this like... Five days ago, I was talking to somebody and I was like, the Bucks could potentially go back to the Super Bowl. And they was like, no, nah, I don't know about that. But I was like, no, nah, they're going to eventually bring back all their starters. And they just signed Leonard Fournette today. And that just keyed it all in. They brought back all their starters from the Super Bowl winning team. And they could potentially win another Super Bowl. Especially like if everybody stays out regard, like if somebody gets injured like a key player, like a key receiver. Like I said, let's say Mike Evans get injured. Mike Evans, you might say, well, Mike Evans didn't play a big, big, big part into them winning the Super Bowl. He, he did. He produced for them this year a lot. So without his production, they probably, I wouldn't say they wouldn't win the Super Bowl, but it would be a way much harder road to get to the Super Bowl than it was last year. So, them bringing back all 22 starters is scary to see in the NFC. You know, it makes it harder on the teams that was trying to make a Super Bowl run. You know, like the Packers and stuff like that. And speaking of the Packers, I wanted to touch on the Packers real quick. The Packers brought back Kevin King, which is probably making a lot of people laugh right now. I know it made me laugh when I first saw it. Because I was like, y'all brought back the dude that got cooked in the playoffs in the most important game. 
And I've heard some people defend him like, well, he just had a bad game. But he chose the completely wrong game to have a bad game. You need to have bad games in the regular season. You know, have a bad game in the regular season. Don't have a bad game in NFC Championship when the season's on the line. Have a bad game in week five, week six. You know, some of the not more important weeks or some of them not more important games. When you have sorry teams on your schedule, you know, slack off that day. I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't mean to go out there and play bad. You know, no one plans to play bad unless he was just trying to point shave and he had something going on on the side. But I doubt that. <laughs> That's really hypothetical. That that probably didn't happen. But it was a joke. It was pretty funny to me, honestly. I was laughing when they signed the back. But I don't think Kevin King is that bad. I think he just really had a bad game. And he chose the wrong time to have that bad game. But like I was saying before, the Bucks, the the uh, excuse me, the Pagers wasn't the only one this free agency to bring back some players. They brought back a lot of players, but also I wanted to touch on this. The Giants brought back Kenny Galladay. Excuse me, they didn't bring back Kenny Galladay. The Giants picked up Kenny Galladay and Adoree Jackson and John Rawls in free agency. The Giants did make a lot of sneaky signings in free agency. The Big Splash signed as the two, the two big names, Kenny Galladay and Adoree Jackson. I feel like John Ross is a sneaky sign because he's, first of all, he's fast. He has one of the fastest 40 times in NFL history. So he's fast as lightning. And I feel like he would produce more with the Giants than he did with Cincinnati because he was hurt. You know, he had his splash, he had a splash game and then he didn't do good after that. You can talk about his inconsistency he had with Cincinnati, but I feel like with the Giants, he has a chance to splurge and show off his speed. Maybe they put him at kick return or punt return and let him return kicks from there. And maybe he can be a special teams guy for them. But another thing with the Giants, though, and I'm going to get a lot of backlash from this, considering the quarterback situation my team is in, even though it did just get a little bit better. But Daniel Jones is not the franchise quarterback. I don't know if it's going to take him this year to figure that out. Daniel Jones is not good. Like, that whole quarterback class that he got drafted in wasn't good. Daniel Jones is not good. I mean, Daniel Jones, he can move around the pocket. He can throw the ball, but he's not that accurate. He's doing interception almost every game. So, and there's no telling when that interception might come. It can come late in the game and a key point in the game that can maybe force you to lose the game. Or it can come early in the game. But I feel like he's gonna have he's gonna have a better line next year than compared to he had last year, and he's gonna have Saquon Barkley back to take some of the pressure off his shoulders, and he's gonna have a little bit of better receivers, and he's gonna have a better defense than he had last year. Considering their defense was pretty good, he's he's gonna have an even better defense. I believe you add Adoree Jackson with James Bradbury, so they have a nice little corner duo there. So they're going to be better, but I still don't think Daniel Jones is the franchise quarterback. He has one year to convince me, and this this year he can't be bad this year for real. You know, they have too good of a team. He has a, a very good weapon now, Kenny Galladay. Not saying he didn't have weapons before, but he didn't have huge weapons like Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is coming off an injury. Still, Kenny Galladay produces like I don't know what. So, 
he's going to have a weapon with Kenny Galladay. He's going to have a better offensive line. He's going to have Saquon back. So this year is his proving year that he has to be good. If he doesn't play good this year, I believe they should move on and get a quarterback in the draft and next next season or try to get a free agent quarterback of some sort because I don't think he's it, but we're going to see about that because I really don't think he's the franchise quarterback. Jones also brung in some secondary help. They've got John Johnson the third from the Rams, and they got Troy Hill too. So John Johnson the third is definitely a great safety. I know they had, I believe, Carl Joseph at safety too. So pairing John Johnson and Carl Joseph together is going to be good. You got a hard hitting safety with a great defensive safety too. So. You're going to have two good safeties back there. And then at Troy Hill, you have another DB. And the Browns, I feel like the Browns are going to make a run, too. I feel like, honestly, in that division, I feel like the Browns are going to win that division. They should come out on top in that division. They should make a nice little playoff run. I don't got them beating Kansas City if they had to face Kansas City. I I don't got them beating Kansas City in the playoffs, but the Browns, should have a great playoff run considering the upgrades that they have made. On to the next team, we have Washington. I was just talking about Washington with our quarterback situation. We got Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. <laughs> Fitzmagic. And I've heard a lot of different scenarios about this Fitzmagic situation. And it's funny to me because people think that Washington fans or People in the league think that Washington did this for Ryan Fitzpatrick to be our savior. Like, oh, this is our franchise guy. No, Ryan Fitzpatrick is 37 years old. He is not their franchise or our franchise guy. It's just that it's literally he's here for a gap year. He's here for a year so we can potentially draft a quarterback in the second round and groom him under him like a Kyle Trask or a Kellen Munn. I really want Kellen Munn because I feel like he's very good. I wouldn't mind Kyle Trask either. I want those two quarterbacks in the second round. And we can use groom those two quarterbacks under Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's he's an ex- exciting quarterback to watch because he does not care. He throws the ball and says, F it, one of my receivers are going to catch it. <laughs> Honestly, that's how it goes. He throws the ball down the field and he doesn't care. And that's going to be fun to watch, especially since another free agent they got is current Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is a very, very good receiver. He's very versatile. You can move him all around the field from slot receiver to the outside. You can throw him in the backfield, too. He can run some plays in the backfield, too. He had a couple of plays with Carolina. We go out the backfield. They hand it off to him. He would get a big 20, 30-yard gain, even a long touchdown before. So, Curtis Samuel, you add some weapons to that. You added some weapons to that Washington team with Curtis Samuel, and and they just got Adam Humphreys too, a solid slot receiver. So, you have two weapons with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Excuse me, three weapons. You have three official weapons. I would say you have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson then your other potential weapons well four potential four certified weapons for real you had Logan Thomas at that group considering he was a top seven tight end last year 
that went under the radar for a lot of people, but he was a top he had top seven tight end stats. So you have Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, and Logan Thomas as weapons, and then you have Adam Humphreys as a potential weapon, and you have, you know, Cam Sims, who might come along more next year as a potential weapon. And then on defense they added William Jackson in a replacement of Ronald Darby and Washington got a real steal on William Jackson. William Jackson is actually better, substantially better than Ronald Darby, so they upgraded that position. And considering that William Jackson is a very good corner, he's young, they got an upgraded cornerback right there, and they added more depth to the corner. They they got Daryl Roberts today, too, so a more depth at corner. They added a great corner to go with Kendall Fuller, so... That secondary is getting better. The defense is already good, top five defense, and they just added another great cornerback to the secondary, so that's going to be good for Washington. They're probably going to come up on top of the division if Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, I'm not even going to say that because Ryan Fitzpatrick, consistency and Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't go together. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to have his five games. He's going to throw for four three 400 yards each of those games then he's going to have his three games after that where he throws two touchdowns and five interceptions he's going to get benched for and then taylor heidi he's going to come in he's going to play a couple of games and then ryan fitzpatrick is going to come back and he's going to have his four or five good games so that's that's what washington fans should be except like expecting from ryan fitzpatrick he has three four or five good games and he's going to get benched for three games because he played had a horrible game with like four interceptions, but you're not, we're not, they're not going to have a timid quarterback back there no more with Alex Smith. He, yes, Alex Smith protects the ball, but if you watched uh, Washington games, their offense was very boring this year. It didn't start getting more exciting until later in the year. And you had, you know, Alex Smith was a game managing quarterback. He didn't throw a lot of interceptions. He threw, 10 interceptions this year that's because he was coming off injury and he didn't look that good I feel like after he had that calf injury his leg is just not healthy enough for him to you know to get hurt and try to fight back from it, especially on that leg it's going to be hard for him to get like if he gets hurt on that leg again I don't honestly I, I see him just retiring honestly he's the comeback player of the year don't get me wrong I love his story I love that story just because I'm a Washington fan honestly like 17 surgeries the man almost died and he came back and played football the next year that is an amazing thing they should name the they, they should change the name to the comeback player of the year award to so the alex smith comeback player of the year award goes to you know whoever the comeback player next year might be they should change the name of the award and name it after alex smith honestly because i don't know what more type of a comeback you can have you know eric berry had came back from cancer he almost died from cancer so you know, that was another great story, too. But Alex Smith was a little bit more impressive. And I'm just, I'm not trying to compare, you know, comeback stories because you can't do nothing like that, you know. That's two tragic situations, and they came back from it, and we're grateful to see them come back from come back from it. So, But Alex Smith, when he got hurt on that leg with that calf, it was just hard for him to play after that. He tried to come back and play in the playoffs, and Taylor Heineke came in, you know, Went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and almost won that game for them. So, And they brought him back for a two-year, $8 million contract. So, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, you you're gonna expect you're gonna expect him to throw the ball down the field, but you're also gotta expect him to throw his interceptions. Even though he's playing the best football he's played in his career the last two or three years, which is crazy considering he's 37, he's playing the best football now. But you gotta ex- expect those interceptions to come with him this year. They're always going to happen. They're always going to come. You just got to take the lumps with him with these interceptions because he's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. He's going to throw the ball to his receivers. He's going to make sure the ball is spread around equally. Everybody's going to eat. Everybody's going to eat in that Washington offense. So that's good for Washington. It gets to develop some of their young players and stuff like that. Another team that made some key signings in free agency is the New York Jets. They got Corey Davis, LaMarcus Joyner. You know some other players they have, and I'm and they have the second pick in the NFL draft. And I wanted to touch on this. This is kind of leading into my next topic of the NFL draft trades and stuff. The Jets need to draft Zach Wilson. That is key. Drafting Zach Wilson. We know that Trevor Lawrence is probably going to go number one, but Zach Wilson is the second best quarterback in the draft. Arguably, he could. Can, be considered the first after you just saw his pro day today oh my god he made his one throw across his body 50 yards down the field on the money right in the bread basket of the receiver's hands it was it was insane it was an insane throw after seeing his pro day highlights what more does he have to prove honestly he's the second best quarterback in the draft he can come in right away and start he's gonna have his rookie mistakes or whatever but he's going to be great so if I was the Jets, I would draft him and then trade, try to trade Sam Darnold and get, or you can keep Sam Darnold for a backup or whatever if you want to, then trade him next year. But Sam Darnold could, could you can probably get, this year I would say you probably get a third or fourth rounder out of Sam Darnold. Next year you probably would only get a fifth, sixth, or seventh, or you could just straight up release him right away. But trade value for Sam Darnold is pretty decent right now so if you draft Zach Wilson they wish they should I would trade Sam Darner and definitely try to get a third or fourth round pick for him considering if anybody's going to give that up which I doubt somebody's probably going to want a fourth or fifth somebody's going to give up a fourth or fifth round pick for him he's going to be a backup for somebody so I don't see him going anywhere and starting yet honestly Unless somebody is willing just to take a complete chance on Sam Darnold, considering the fact that he was in a messed up system with the Jets, a terrible quarter, a ter- a terrible line, a terrible coach. He had a terrible everything. His best weapon was Jameson Crowder. So, like, he had a terrible everything around there with the Jets. So, maybe somebody takes a chance on him. But now, the Jets just need to focus on getting getting Zach Wilson in the draft. That is their that should be their number one goal. That should be on the board every day. Every time everybody walks into the New York Jets building, player personnel, coaches, everybody needs to know the one thing on their mind is to draft Zach Wilson. That's the only thing they need to be focused on. Or we're gonna move on into the next topic about the NFL draft. Now we have some draft Picks that got traded today. The Dolphins traded their number three pick to the 49ers for the 12th pick. And they also received a 2021 third rounder and a 2022 and 2023 first rounder. Now, 
the Dolphins are trying to, they're making trades, they're building draft capital, but this trade is more so I want to focus on the 49ers and getting the third pick in the draft. That is big for the 49ers, considering they already have a great team and they could potentially add another weapon, which I think they're going to end up drafting. It's been rumors going around that they might draft a quarterback, they might gra- draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance at three. Considering they've been trying to move up in the draft for several weeks, reported by Adam Scheffner. Honestly, I believe they're going to add a weapon because another report I've seen by Adam Scheffner today is that Jimmy Garoppolo is their QB1 for the 2021 season. And that they drafted up and they're not going to take a quarterback in the first round. You know, they could just be saying that and then they might end up snooping their you know, third pick come up and they see Justin Fields or Trey Lance up there and they're like, you know, we're going to get a quarterback. And they go draft a quarterback. But I feel like they're going to end up taking, you know, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, you know, another receiver. Considering they lost their receivers, they have two solid receivers, but they really can't stay healthy for real. You know, they lost Kendrick Bourne, but they have two receivers that cannot stay healthy. So I see them adding receiver depth with the number three pick. I've also heard some people say Kyle Pitts, but I don't see the need to draft Kyle Pitts unless you want to have an amazing tight end duo with Kyle Pitts and George Kittle. But if you already have George Kittle, I would just go out and get a wide receiver because Kyle Pitts, <sighs> honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they took Kyle Pitts, honestly, to get a great tight end duo. But I would just, it would be more suitable for them to get a wide receiver or, you know, another weapon or offense they can use. Now, another uh traded pick we had today the Eagles traded the number six pick and the number 156 pick which is in the fifth round to the Dolphins for the number 12 pick and the number 123rd pick which is also in the uh which is in the fourth round and a 2021 first rounder so basically the Eagles traded back they traded back from six to 12 which I think was probably the dumbest decision they could have done, considering at six they could have drafted a team who needs Kyle Pitts, considering they just Zach Ertz wants out and they're going to end up trading Zach Ertz. They needed Kyle Pitts or a Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. Now they're going to trade back and they're going to be at the number 12th pick, which considering Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts is probably going to be off the board by then. They're going to have to draft Waddle or knowing them. They passed on Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb last year. So knowing them, they might might not even draft Waddle and they might end up going with somebody else a receiver. <laughs> Honestly, knowing them, which is not a bad thing. It's some other good receivers in the draft, but Waddle is really the top. He's in the top three receivers of the draft this year. You know, it goes, for me, it goes Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, and then Waddle. You know, so I don't know why they traded back, but I can also see a, a reason why they might have traded back the game more draft capital. Since the Eagles could have three first-round picks next year if Carson Wentz starts 70% of the time next year in us with Indianapolis and the Colts. So that means basically... They're going to. They already have a first round pick, basically from getting Car- from trading Carson Wentz. But if he starts seventy five percent of the st- time with the Colts, that turns into three first round picks. So basically, they can have a lot of draft capital this year and next year. I mean, excuse me, next next draft, 
not this coming draft, next draft, they could have a lot of draft capital with three first-rounders and a couple of second-rounders. They're going to have a lot of draft capital. And another team that's going to have a lot of draft capital after making these smart moves is the Dolphins, you know. The Dolphins, they go up to number six. They have the sixth and 18th pick in the first round of this draft, and they can add, you know, some weapons there. They got some defensive players there. They can add whatever they need to get with those two first-round picks. You know, they have a lot of draft capital, and I believe this year they should have They have the two first-round picks. Okay, yeah, the second round they have the number 36 pick and, this, and the number 50 pick. And the third round they have the number 81 pick. So they're going to have a lot of good picks this year. Then next year in the draft they have first rounder from San Fran, a second rounder, and two third rounders, which that first rounder, knowing them, they might trade up for that first rounder. They might trade up and get another first rounder. And then 2023 they have two first round picks. So they have Miami has better draft capital than Philly, yeah, definitely. But Miami has dr- great draft capital from now to twenty twenty three. So Miami, even if these players that they draft don't pan out, they can go out and potentially get some more great players in the next year's draft. So that's a great thing for Miami. But I don't know what Philadelphia is doing. Hopefully, they're able to get some sort of solid receiver at 12 considering the basically the top the top options are going to be gone besides Waddle but they traded back and I don't understand that I understand the fact that they get more draft capital from it but considering you need a weapon now you don't trade back the number six pick especially this type of draft like these are this is generational talent. Like Kyle Pitts is is like a Travis Kelsey and George Kittle type tight end. Like that is a franchise tight end. You need to replace that tight end while you can after you lose Zach Ertz. You replace that with a Kyle Pitts. It's like Zach Ertz never left. You get you get somebody that's better than Zach Ertz and younger with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is amazing. And you just trade back and you now you get the third best receiver in the draft or the fourth best fourth best best receiver in the draft cuz Waddle could even end up going before 12 honestly i could see somebody taking a chance at him or 10 10 10 9 and 11 9 10 and 11 and you might not even get Waddle you might have to take another receiver in the draft which is not bad it's a lot of good receivers in this draft but still like, you trade the number six pick and you went back. That was not a good move at all. But they did get more draft capital from it, but still still was not a good move at all. But that is it right now for the NFL. We're going to head on commercial real quick. We'll be right back in about 30 to 40 seconds. Okay, welcome back. Trade deadline, if you want to say a team, one is the Denver Nuggets. Honestly, they got Travell McGee and Aaron Gordon. Trail McGee is going to be a great backup to Jokic, and Aaron Gordon is going to be a great forward. They can add, you know, to go with, you know, Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic in the starting lineup. So, And considering the fact that the Lakers have no AD and no LeBron, even though AD is supposed to come back in the beginning of April, that's at least that's what they're saying. You know, it could be potential that 
AD doesn't come back, if he doesn't heal right, they're saying he's going to come back in the beginning of April, but you know how that goes. So they're in fifth place right now in the standings, which is very good. And they have potential to move up considering the Lakers, you know, they don't have their big player. They don't have their two big players. They can move up. They're right below the Lakers. They're two, they're two wins behind the Lakers. So they can move up and they might be able to get, they're definitely going to move up to fourth place. I see because I feel like the Lakers are going to lose a couple, you know, without LeBron and AD. They can definitely move up to fourth. They might considerably maybe to move up to third place if the Clippers lose some. So that's a great, great pickups by Denver, you know, to go with their starting lineup. They're going to have a great starting lineup now. Aaron Gordon's going to definitely produce. He's averaging around 15 points a game this year. So that's a very, very solid pickup this year. So I feel like Aaron Gordon is going to be a great accusation to their team. And JaVale McGee is going to be a great backup, a great center to come off the bench who could possibly produce something this year. He's averaging about, you know, about eight, nine points a game. So that's pretty solid. Somebody solid didn't come off the bench, you know, a shot blocker, you know. You know, who wouldn't want seven seven foot coming off the bench, you know, somebody that can possibly produce on your team. So those are two very good pickups. I feel like Denver is trying to make a run. They're trying to go deep in the playoffs, deeper than they went last year. So that was definitely a great pickup by Denver. And now another team, Rajon Rondo to the Clippers. That's solid. And they traded, they traded Rajon Rondo to the Clippers for Lou Will and a second round pick. Mm, that second round pick, I was like, dang, they gave up Lou Will and a second round pick. That might be a little bit overpay for Rajon Rondo, but, you know, that's still a solid pickup considering you lost Lou Will. Mm. But Rajon Rondo could definitely produce more than Lou Will if he gets going again, you know, so that might be a great pickup. But I don't know if I would have gave up Lou Will and a second round pick. You know, they gave up a player and draft capital. So, I don't know if I would have gave up that second round pick, too. I would have gave up something else. But the Lou Will thing is fine, but the second round pick gets me a little bit, though. I don't really like the second round pick at all. So, it was a pretty solid trade, for real. And then, this is this is really getting me. The Rockets traded Victor Oladipo to the Heat for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek. I don't know. The Rockets have been in full tank mode since... They traded James Harden because they got nothing back for James Harden at all. Houston has done nothing. Their best player now is John Wall. It's nothing wrong. I'm not messing. Not saying John Wall is bad or anything that, like that. You know, John Wall's not the same John Wall he used to be. But their their best player now is John Wall. They have nobody else. Nobody else is John Wall, and he's by himself. Like. You traded away James Harden. You got virtually nothing back for it. Like, that looks so bad as an organization. I mean, yeah, they might have. They're banking everything on the draft. Like, they might they have a lot of draft picks, but they're banking this whole rebrand, not rebrand, revamping of their team on the draft. And that is so dumb to do. Honestly, like, you're losing a lot of key. You lost a lot of key veterans. You traded away people. 
you know, it was obvious that Victor Oladipo didn't want to be there. I'm surprised John Wall didn't want to, didn't want to be there either, but he gets to be the star there, I guess, so that's why he wanted to stay. But Victor Oladipo is gone now to the Heat, and that's a great pickup for the Heat because the Heat, <sighs> the Heat can make another run. I don't know if they're going to the finals again, but they can make another run deep into the playoffs, you know. Heat are number eight. Yeah, they're definitely not going. The Heat are definitely not going to the playoffs. They're number eight. You know, I mean, they're going, excuse me, they're going to the playoffs. They're not going to the finals, excuse me. They're not going back to the finals. But adding Victor Oladipo on, Victor Oladipo can definitely help them make a, make a good run, maybe get into sixth or seventh or fifth place, you know, in the, uh, in the East. The East is open, honestly, besides, you know, the Nets and the Bucks. I mean, the Nets and the Bucks probably going to make it to the finals, but. Other than that, they could probably make a nice little run. They're going to end up losing to the Nets or the Bucks. But adding Victor Oladipo was a good thing. But back to the to the Rockets, like, what is going on? Like, I'm confused. Y'all, y'all are basing your whole franchise on this draft that's coming up, which is not terrible, but it is terrible. Honestly, you have John Wall. That's it. You have John Wall, and you're basing your whole future on the draft. Like, they're in full tank mode right now, honestly. They're in full tank mode, and there's no other way you can say it. It's just full. They're full on tanking. They're number fourteen. They they have only won twelve games this year. It's only one team more worse than the more worse than them, and that is the Timberwolves. And I believe they just lost to the Timberwolves tonight. <laughs> they just lost to the Timberwolves tonight, and then they play them to again tomorrow night at eight p.m. So. If they lose again, they're going to be the worst team in the league. <laughs> Bruh, this is so crazy. Like, they really got nothing back for that James Harden trade. It's sad to see. It's funny to see, though, because, like, they really traded away James Harden and got nothing back. You traded an MVP caliber player away, and you got nothing back. Nothing but some draft picks, and you're banking banking your whole future on the draft, which is not a good thing to do. You would want to get some veterans in there. You're basing your whole future of this team on a draft and John Wall. Like that's terrible. My thing is like they really traded away. I know I'm keep repeating this is very repetitive, but it's so crazy to think they traded away James Harden and they got nothing back. Like that is so crazy. That's so crazy to me, but. We're going to move on before I keep rambling about this because it's really making me upset. So the Cavaliers tried trading Andre Drummond. This uh, offseason, they did not get any good trade offers for him, so they eventually just decided to buy out his contract and let him be released. So potential suitors for... Andre Drummond are the Lakers, the Celtics, the Clippers, the Hornets, the Knicks, the Raptors. All of these teams are in the mix for Andre Drummond. I see him going to, I want to say the Raptors, the Knicks, or the Celtics. I feel like that makes the more more most sense for him. Probably people that can offer him the most money is probably the Raptors. And something like that. And the Raptors could really use another center, you know. You know, somebody inside that can help out with uh help out with their big man, you know. I feel like the Raptors would probably be the best fit. The Knicks could be another great fit too. You can 
go there with Julius Randle. Julius Randle who's eating there right now. So the Knicks could be another good fit too in the Clippers, you know, and solid. Lakers, I just don't feel like they would add another center at this point. You know, if they have the money to add another center, they might have enough money to add him if AD doesn't come back, you know. As timely as they think AD is going to come back, they might just, you know, get Andre Drummond too just to help them while AD comes back or something like that until AD and LeBron come back. So I can see all these landing spots potentially happen, but I feel like the most realistic is the Raptors, Knicks, or the Celtics. Okay, that is it for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning in.